Genesis chapter 25, verse 1. And Abraham took another wife, and her name was Keturah. Now remember, Sarah is dead at this point. So after Sarah died, then he took another wife too. And she bore him Zimram and Jokshan and Medan and Midian and Ishbak and Shua. The Midianites we're going to hear about later in the Bible. They are sons of Abraham, but they're not sons of Isaac. Isaac is the son of promise, and it's his, his lineage that leads to Jesus Christ. 3. And Jokshan begot Sheba and Dedan, and the sons of Dedan were Eshurim and Letushim and Leumim. 4. And the sons of Midian are Ephah and Ephor and Hanok and Abida and Elda. All these were the children of Keturah. So Keturah is Abraham's second wife. 5. And Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac. And that's because Isaac is the son of promise. So Isaac got the complete inheritance, even though Abraham had a lot of other sons. 6. But unto the sons of the concubines that Abraham had, Abraham gave gifts, and he sent them away from Isaac his son while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. It looks like Keturah's children are considered the children of a concubine. And he sent them eastward, which would be toward India, China, and places like that. There is a lot of evidence that ancient Chinese worshipped the one true God, and they called him Shang-Di. And he very closely resembles the God of the Bible. Um, Buddhism and Hinduism didn't come into China until maybe 2,000 years before Jesus was born. But for all the years before that, they seem to have only worshipped one God. And that makes sense, because they were sons of Abraham. 7. And these are the days of the years of Abraham's life, which he lived. A hundred, three score, and fifteen years. So a score is twenty years. So that would be sixty plus fifteen, which is seventy-five. So he lived a hundred and seventy-five years. 8. And Abraham expired and died in a good old age, an old man and full of years, and was gathered to his people. Now, gathered to his people means that he goes into... It's kind of like paradise, but it's not heaven. And it was in the it was in the center of earth, opposite hell, and it was divided by a huge chasm or cavity in hell, like a huge canyon. So on one side is Abraham and all the people who love the Lord in paradise, and on the other side was hell. Today paradise is empty because Jesus went there after he was crucified and he revealed himself to all the people who followed God because he is the only way to the Father. So he had to reveal himself to them, those who lived before Jesus, and then they uh, believed on him, and then he set them free from that place and took them to heaven. So that place is now empty. No one's there anymore. There is false theology out today that Jesus went to hell and got tormented in hell by demons. That isn't true. He did go into the belly of the earth, just as he said. He did set the, set the captives free, just as the Bible says. But he wasn't going into hell and setting free damned souls. He went into paradise to set free Abraham and everybody else who was in paradise, also called the bosom of Abraham, who followed the Lord, but they didn't know who their Messiah was yet. And he went down there, and then they met their Messiah, and then they received him, and he set them free and took them to heaven. That's what gathered to your people means in the Old Testament. It means that you go down into paradise and wait for the Messiah. 
9. And Isaac and Ishmael his sons buried him in the cave of Machpelah in the field of Ephron, the son of Zoar the Hittite, which is before Mamre. So it's the cave that Abraham bought from Ephron, and that's where both Ishmael and Isaac buried Abraham. 10. The field which Abraham purchased of the children of Heth, there was Abraham buried, and Sarah his wife. 11. And it came to pass after the death of Abraham that God blessed Isaac his son, and Isaac dwelt by Beer Lahoi Roy. 12. Now these are the generations of Ishmael. So now it's going to tell us Ishmael's generations because his generations are very important, and that's the generations of the people who we call Muslim today, most of them Muslim. Remember, God promised that Ishmael would have 12 princes come from him. Abraham's grandson, Jacob, is also going to have 12 princes, but it's Jacob's line that is the lineage of Christ, not Ishmael's. But God loves Ishmael. 12. Now these are the generations of Ishmael, Abraham's son, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's handmaid, bore unto Abraham. 13. And these are the names of the sons of Ishmael by their names according to their generations, the firstborn of Ishmael, Nebaioth, and Keter, and Adbeel, and Mibsam. 14. And Mishma, and Duma, and Masa. 15. And Hadad, and Tema, and Jeter, Naphish, and Kadim. 16. These are the sons of Ishmael. So if you count all those, you get 12. And these are their names, by their villages and by their encampments, twelve princes according to their nations, which means that Ishmael was rich, and all twelve of his sons were rich. 17. And these are the years of the life of Ishmael, a hundred and thirty and seven years, and he expired and died and was gathered unto his people. So he lived a hundred and thirty-seven. 18. And they dwelt from Havilah unto Shur, that is before Egypt, as thou goest toward Ashur over against all his brethren, he did settle. So they lived near Egypt, but not in Egypt. And it says, over against all his brethren, he did settle. And remember, God prophesied that he would be a wild donkey of a man, and he would basically fight with his brothers. So it's very interesting. It does sound like, over against sounds like he was in opposition to his relatives. 19. And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac. 20. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah, the daughter of Bethuel, of, of Padan Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean, to be his wife. So again, remember Laban's name. That's Rebekah's brother. He'll show up again later. 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord let himself be entreated of him and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. She was barren for a while, and there's a lot of women in the Bible who are barren, who God later gives children to. Sarah was the first one. Now Rebekah is the second one. Later we're going to read about Hannah. Then we're going to read about Rachel not being able to have children. Also, Elizabeth was barren in the New Testament. So there's a lot of barren women who God gives children to, who are barren for years first. And there's a verse in the Bible that says that to the barren woman, the Lord will give many children. So it's a promise. And spiritually speaking, even if you never physically have children, you can have many, many hundreds and hundreds of children of the faith by sharing the gospel with people. So a woman who doesn't physically have children on earth could go to heaven and meet all kinds of children up there who she led to the Lord. 
22, And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, wherefore do I live? And she went to inquire of the Lord. So she was pregnant with twins, and she could feel the twins fighting inside of her. And so she thought it was really weird, which it is weird. And so she asked the Lord. She prayed and asked, 23, And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two peoples shall be separated by thy bowels. And remember, bowels just means deep within. It, it In the Old Testament, it refers to your emotions or your loins. It doesn't refer to your intestines in the Old Testament. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. So this is a prophecy that the oldest twin will be servant of the younger twin. Now, all throughout the entire Bible, often the second-born son or the youngest son becomes the son of promise. We've already seen this with Isaac and Ishmael. Now, the same thing will happen with his own sons. Ishmael was firstborn, but Isaac inherited the promise. And now Esau is going to be firstborn, but Jacob will inherit the promise. And then out of Jacob's children, his second to last born son, Joseph, is going to be his favorite son, who ends up being richer than any of the other brothers. And this becomes a common theme. And Jesus said also in the New Testament, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Why? Because God always uses the weak to glorify himself. And Jesus, who was first in heaven, came down to earth to be last. And he told all who follow him, if you want to follow me, you cannot be first. You must be last. You must serve others. So as Christians, we have to live a life of being last and putting other people before us. But in heaven, we'll be first, okay? So we have a lot to look forward to. 24, and when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. So when she gave labor, twins came out. 25, and the first came forth ruddy, all over like a hairy mantle, and they called his name Esau. 26, and after that came forth his brother in his hand, had hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescored years old when she bore them. So Isaac was 60 years old when his twins were born from Rebekah. And Esau came out first, so he was the oldest twin. But Jacob was holding on to his heel when Jacob came out. So that shows that Jacob was challenging Esau. 27. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter a man of the field, and Jacob was a quiet man dwelling in tents. So Esau's occupation was hunting. 28. Now Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, and Rebekah loved Jacob. So they each had a favorite child, and Rebekah cherished Jacob. Jacob. 29. And Jacob sawed pottage. That means that he cooked a pot of stew. And Esau came in from the field, and he was faint. 30. And Esau said to Jacob, Let me swallow, I pray thee, some of this red, red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. Edom means red. And so Esau's nickname became Edom. The Edomites are the descendants of Esau. So they are not Hebrews because the Hebrews descend from Jacob. But the red pottage is a pot of red lentil stew. 31. And Jacob said, Sell me first your birthright. 32. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall the birthright be to me? Jacob says, 
I'll give you this stew if you sell me your birthright. And Esau says, I'm about to die, so my birthright's no good to me anyway if I die, so I might as well sell it to you. And that was so foolish because nobody is going to die because they didn't get to eat right away. You can go without food for 40 days and still live, still be alive. So Esau was not about to die. He was just hungry and he sold his birthright for an instant meal. That's a very severe lack of faith and God did not like that. 33. And Jacob said, Swear to me first. And he swore unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. 34. And Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way. So Esau despised his birthright. And what that means is Esau didn't think his birthright was worth anything. But Jacob knew better. Jacob had enough wisdom to realize the value of the birthright. So Jacob kind of tricked Esau, but if Esau wasn't so impulsive, he would have been able to walk away and let himself be hungry a little bit longer and go cook some of the meat that he that he hunted. He would have had to wait a few more hours to eat, but it wouldn't have killed him. But he thought that food was more important. A quick meal was more important to him than his birthright. So that's what the Bible means when it says that he despised his birthright. He didn't value it like he should have. And that concludes Genesis chapter 25.